0: Hey, everybody. It's the A to Z podcast. I'm Zach Jackson. He's Andre Knott, at Akron Jackson, at Dre Knott on most of your favorite social media platforms. Facebook.com slash A to Z podcast, A to Z podcast.com. Shouts, as always, to Scene, to the Honeymoon Grill, to American Fireworks. Andre, did you know that American Fireworks has long been the fireworks supplier to the Maslin Tiger Booster Club and has long been the company that sits behind that end zone and shoots off the fireworks when the Tigers score a touchdown?
1: Well, why would they not be? They're the best <laughs> firework company in all of northeast Ohio, and you're going to have the best to blow them up. They used to have Tigers on the sideline
0: in Madison. Well, I bring that up because had the Baltimore Ravens employed the American fireworks for their show on Sunday, they'd have fucking run out of fireworks real
1: fast. <laughs> <laughs> Too bad the band couldn't show up so they could uh, make it just like the homecoming game, like they always used to
0: when I used to fly out that plane. You know? So, obviously, it's super strange. You know, a first NFL game, I've, well, you know, really tied for the first NFL game with no fans because the Thursday night game had some fans. So, right. looking around, um, there was stadium staff and a few Ravens employees. Uh, but other than that, they had 14 drummers and they had. Oh, the band super- did show up. Yeah. And well, not the whole band. They had four. I counted 14. At least my public school math said 14. And they had six or eight people waving the flags. Um, and that was it. So pregame, you know, they played music, but not loud. The, the kind of the Ravens logo stayed on the big board. There wasn't the whole presentation where you're getting people right. fired up and you're appeasing the sponsors and you're playing, you know, hype right. videos and stat videos. Uh, and
1: Trying try to jump the sideline reporter.
0: Yeah, um, you know, the, the TV reports, and there were multiple there. I think the Ravens were doing a show. Uh, ESPN, I believe, was there. Like, they were set up in the bleachers, but, you know, not – like, like just completely bizarre. You know, no one on the sideline uh-huh. except essential personnel. Um, partitions were put up in the press box. So I sat right next to Mary Kay and Terry Pluto, but we had more space, which was nice, and we were divided – you know, plastic dividers in there. Um, took longer to check into the stadium, which I'm sure you've experienced going to the Uh. baseball stadium. Um, and you know, like just everything about it was weird. And so, uh, you know, I had some people reach out today, both formally and informally, um, you know, from my company, you know, what was the experience like? And it's like, well, you know, everything was so weird. I need to digest it. And then the game got away, obviously. So there's some things I really can't answer, but um, different world that we're living in, in some regards and 38 six Ravens means it's the same as it's ever been. Yeah.
1: I mean, yeah. For all those different <laughs> things, and, you know, like we could do a whole podcast really, honestly, on just the experience of of trying to cover a game in 2020 and how different it is in the travel and, and all those other great things. And it, it's, it's, it's just not, I don't know. Like I said to you, way back and i said it on this podcast it's cool to be doing games i'm appreciative of doing games but do not get it twisted people there ain't nothing normal going on uh, like other than that tv production that we're giving you um and it sounds like you're in the same boat after going through everything i mean i just i mean today is the day where this is monday obviously day after the game we'll break the game down all that other good stuff but i just dropped my kids off at this farm where they're kind of on a farm and they get to ride horses and, and play on this farm, whatever. They had to get their temperature checked. Like, you know, like, it, it's just – and we started virtual school today. So, it's just been – there's a lot of just, like, just crazy, man. It's, a lot, it's just a lot of crazy going on right now. Um, but I got to say this. My son made me so proud on Saturday. Um, and only in a reason that people on this podcast and you understand – Better than anybody else. On Saturdays growing up when you were five, six, seven years old, um, I know in my household, Saturdays were basically all about watching, you know, cartoons. Until my dad finally came in and said, go down to the basement, get out of the way, go outside and play. He was going to watch football. Um, so this past Saturday, obviously I'm home, even though the team's, even though I'm still working, which has been kind of cool. I still get paid. and I still get to do the games in the studio, and that's weird. But I get to be at home. And Saturday was a college football day for, some um, and it's like 1230 and I'm like and I like and like and he's watching he would watch some cartoons or whatever and we're not big t- like their mom has made it like they're not big TV watchers like this is not something that goes down around our house but it's Saturday and I'm you know I'm kind of in charge so I'm like dude I get it it's Saturday get your get your you know get your cartoons on so around 1215 1230 I'm like hey, he AJ give me the remote control I go I, I want to watch football and he's like, dad, let me get 10 more minutes, man. 10 more minutes of the funnest of watching my show. And I turn around and I do something. I probably text you or read some stupid tweets or who knows what. And I go, AJ, turn the damn channel, man. Give me, give me the remote. I'm watching college football. And he's like, all right, dad. All right, dad. So I didn't think anything of it. I turned on a game and fell asleep. Uh, like the old dad that I've become. And so Sunday night, so last night, you know, I had recorded the Browns game or I told myself to rec- I recorded the Browns game because I knew I was going to be working. And then if they happen to surprise, shock the world, I want, I like having it so I can go back and watch it. I used to watch them all, but sometimes it's just impossible to watch them. So Jen has a bunch of her shows that we're going to watch last night. And I was watching the Cowboys game on whenever, because I kind of set up two TVs, but not like I always do. It's almost like it's normal, uh, a normal September in my household. So we go to, in our library to, find, to try to find you know, the shows that she had recorded earlier this week and for me to try to find the Browns game. And all the stuff that we recorded was gone. So, s- suddenly, she sees red. I go to see red, but I can't. Somehow, my six-year-old son, who will be six in a couple of weeks, heard how pissed I was and how much I wanted to watch college football. He somehow recorded every college football game that came on on Saturday and that repeated on Sunday. So our whole history of li- – our whole library is just college football games that played on Saturday. And obviously, there's not as many as it, that you, there usually would be. But I don't even know what freaking setting he put it on, Zach. Like, I don't even know how he did this. He did something I don't even know how to do. So I have nothing but college football games in my library because my son – decided to record and I don't know how to stop it so if there's a college football game that comes on some random ACC channel or whatever channels I got it's all they're all recorded nothing is recorded in my library right now but college football thank you AJ not you pissed your mom off and you made your dad smile like never before way to go kid
0: (laughs) <laughs> He's ready. He, <laughs> He's ready. Ready. He is ready. And I don't but, know how the hell he did it. <laughs> um, I got to watch a little college football on on Saturday. Um, you know, it's it's different. It's it's kind of bad. And like I, I kind of feel like you know that's understandable. But I kind of feel like there's still this cloud hanging over everything, right? Um, because you know the the big big boy conference doesn't start for a couple weeks and. We don't know if the Big Ten is going to start. They've said and doubled down five times that they're not going to, and then all of a sudden everybody thinks they are going to, right? Um, games are getting swapped out at the last minute, changed. You know, um, you don't know until you leave on Friday if you're going to have a game on Saturday, right? Stuff's going around that Arkansas State's got seven starters out or 19 players out, whatever, and then they go to Kansas State and they win, right? So um, it's different. I did watch a little, bit, like I said, not, not with really – much uh engagement or intent. I watched a little of Duke Notre Dame, um, I watched a little of Clemson, uh, then Dustin Fox had the other night game, South Alabama and Tulane, yeah. which actually South turned into a pretty entertaining yeah. game. So I watch a decent amount of that, but like Jerry, normally in that circumstance it's it's watch a million games, follow a couple, and then there's a marquee game what? on at night. Well, no offense to Dustin or to South Alabama or Tulane, but that's not it right and Trevor Lawrence no. is great but them against Wake Forest is 35 point favorites that's not it so that wasn't fun that wasn't fun. this yet. Saturday night we get Miami Louisville and I think we start to get more into it um you know we're I don't good. get much into the ratings
1: good, I did I did I did get Kansas though and that made my night
0: yes well try. you did well I see you were winding down from baseball so you were ready to watch some football I had already kind of yeah
1: yes. football. You're, you're saying it perfect. But yes. you can tell people about text. I couldn't even smell the word Kansas by the time I was texting you guys. I realized that, that was how bad they were. I was like, I ain't smelling it right.
0: I went to I fell asleep at like ten thirty and I woke up the next morning to Dre sending like four texts about the Kansas Coastal Carolina game. I'm like, man, my man is bored. He is bored. <laughs> it was the only game one. And now not only did you watch it, but now you got it on your DVR. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even know I was recording. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so I'll be more into it this week And it's actually like, for, for a sports watcher And for someone who has my job, this is perfect Because the Browns play on Thursday, right? Well, there's a golf right. major There's a fuller, not quite full weekend of college football And then on Sunday I get to binge on the games all day uh, In addition to watching the last round of golf Whereas, you know, I'll tell you one thing about the game So, you know, normally, especially in Baltimore We get a laid out food spread like crab cakes and the whole deal. So yesterday they were all gone before I could even get to my boxed lunch. The cafeteria was still open to where you could go grab a snack and grab uh, a water or a pop or whatever. But normally there's a big cafeteria with a big seating area and a wall of TVs where you can watch all the games. Well, you can't gather in that area. So I did not see one snap of any 1 o'clock game other than the Browns. And then – even when I got back to the room, I was able to watch a little bit of Tampa, New Orleans. But with me being attention deficit disorder like I am, I can't start watching because then I don't I do my work. So what I actually did – was
1: that game wasn't even that good yeah, either.
0: So what I actually did is listened on the radio to the Bengals and Chargers game while I worked because then I could still okay. be engaged. And that sounded wild. Wow. Um one of two games that ended with a controversial offensive pass interference call. Yeah, uh, I didn't like that. Were you still awake for the Cowboys game? What'd you think about that one?
1: Yeah, I thought that was a bad call. I think, I think, I mean, guys engage, guys go back and forth, and great job by Ramsey. I mean, he played it. I mean, he should get a he should get an Emmy or whatever an acting award. But that was not an offense. That was not an OPI. Not the way guys battle and hand battle. But you know what? And I thought of this, and I kind of chuckled to myself. I had to take my dad. I had to talk my dad off a of limb this morning. I was like, you know what? Referees always call it bullshit early in the year. You know, like usually we get those. Usually we get those type of calls um, in preseason. And I saw a lot of preseason-ish type stuff uh, by players and by referees yesterday. Is the best way I can describe Week One uh, of the 2020 season. Well, let me cut in real quick and that say one. that. Go
0: ahead. Uh, With the limitations this year, NFL teams only got 125 people in Tier One and Tier Two. So, if you wanted to have officials in camp even for one day, you had to kick seven people out of your camp, trainers or scouts or whatever. So most teams didn't do it. And and you're right. Right. Like the preseason, the refs they're new. They work on their mechanics, their communication, their positioning, the new rules of the new points of emphasis within the rules. So yeah, I, I completely agree with you that this is preseason for the officials too. And you can tell. I mean, the one that was called on um,
1: on AJ Green, I I get it, but I don't like. It. You know what? We have these same conversations in NBA, right? Like, like, and you get, and some people, and, and you can be on either side. Some people are like a file is a foul, right? We've had this conversation, and some people are like, you can't call that foul under five, under ten seconds, under a minute in the game. And I tend to like. We even talked about that LeBron Junior's game back in normalcy of twenty twenty. Um on the foul we the free throw line call. And, and I remember Romeo and Travis almost ran out to half court because we were like they're giving it like like we all have these feelings and I, and I'm not here to attack officials, umpires in any way, shape, or form, but there's just certain calls I just don't agree with when the game's on the line. Zach, I thought AJ Green did what an all pro receiver does. Now he hasn't played in eighteen months, so maybe people forgot that he's an all pro receiver. But I feel bad for Joey Burrow because I thought that he didn't play great, and I didn't watch that whole game. I went back and forth, but hey, he showed up when it mattered most. And look, that Chargers front five, front four, is devastating. Whatever the hell defense they're in, um, the one in the Cowboys, the Cowboys are still the Cowboys. You and I could be the coach as long as, uh, as long as the owner is the owner, you get what you get from that team, and that's no surprise in any way, shape, or form. Uh, they're frustrating. But I didn't think
0: that was, a. I didn't think that was P.I. either. I really didn't. Yeah, it was a tough one to call. Um, honestly, in fast motion, I thought that it was, and that's what the referee has to go by. But as I sat there and watched right. the replay, then, then I, you know, not only did I change my initial thinking, but I went right to what you thought in like the human nature of it. Like in baseball, is the strike in the third inning the same as the ninth? In basketball, is the right. hack on the shooter the same in the third quarter as it is in the last drive of the game? You don't. You don't know, I hated to see the game end that way, but the Cowboys fucked it up. Let's just be honest with the yeah, with the no bl- blowing opportunities and then not kicking the field goal. I understand what they were doing, but in that game situation, you take the points, you tie the game, and you play it from there, right. right?
1: Well, you have a you have a head coach though there in Dallas that is he's in a midlife crisis, right? He coached the Green Bay Packers old school style, won a Super Bowl, didn't get along with his quarterback. His quarterback's still pretty good, by the way, that um, he no longer coaches. And now he wants to be an analytical guy. And, and I'm not – and look, I'm not beating it up. And analytics say go for it here on fourth. I mean, now that's – you know, like, as you know, that's part of the answers now in the NFL. Well, the analytic guy said, you know, this is – you know, yeah. But, like, common sense says tie the game up in the fourth quarter with, what, ten minutes to go? Yeah, 11, exactly. Eight minutes to go?
0: Right. <laughs> like, I don't – Well, need all those charts – what do we always say? Those charts and sheets, those are guidelines, right? Um, right, I, right. I still think he made the wrong move. So, speaking of the Cowboys, th- this just came across – My phone as we did this. David Njoku has a knee injury. He's going to go on the IR for at least three weeks. We don't know the extent of it, but, um, you know, the Cowboys lost Blake Jarwin to a torn ACL, Mm -hmm. and that offense needs a tight end. And and the guy they have, Dalton Schultz, I think he's just a blocker. So the injury probably keeps him from being a target there. Um, But that's just part of a day for the Browns where absolutely nothing went right. And, you know, big picture, Dre, There was very little that was shocking. You you shouldn't lose by 32, but they had no chance in the game, right? Right. Right. They were completely ill-prepared to stop the Ravens, and they threw in a fake punt for good measure to Mm. show how smart they are, which Mm. is par for 21 Mm. years of their course, right? Mm. It's been a pathetic organization, and they have to prove otherwise.
1: I know, Um, and Kevin Stefanski, let me just pause you for two seconds. That's where Kevin Stefanski has to be careful. What's happened in the last 21 years has nothing to do with him. And he has no – there's no right for us to bang on him for what dummies have done that came before him. But when on the first drive of the season you seem hell-bent to make a point and to do something outrageous and out of the box, you suddenly jump in the box with the other 21 years of coaching. And And I don't want to do him like that, but that was a bad effing decision. And 23, Zendejo? Take his ass back to Minnesota. He was an embarrassment, man. He had a bad, 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 bad game. He, he you got to use a fullback if you're going. If you're going. To, if, if that's your first punt of your season, and I'm not going to get too technical, but if that's your first punt of the season and you're going to run that play, then why have? I'm say why the fuck do you have a safety as the lead blocker? Put a fucking fullback in there to be the lead blocker. Nobody knows your your normal punt team. That's the bit like. It's not only the bad call, Zach, that gets under my skin. It's the bad alignment of using it. If you're going to do that, okay, God bless you. Like you said, it's like having your analytical sheets. But if you're going to do it, do it right. That guy, 23, Zendejo, he has to be able to have a kickout block on that guy so your punter doesn't get knocked into the the bar that he drinks at in Ohio City all the way from Baltimore like he did. Lose the ball. Goddamn, I'm surprised he didn't get concussed and didn't have to – the kicker that's already kicked off the team punting all day yesterday. <laughs> but that is just bad form, man. There's so it's much. Bad form all day around.
0: <laughs> you just talk for like go, a go minute 20 and, there. and there's like 11 different things happening in there. And I'm not doubting <laughs> any of them and I'm not ridiculing you for your presentation. I'm just saying, man, that's a lot that happened. Like,
1: <laughs> <laughs> It's it, all true. So, so the punter <laughs>
0: drops the ball and they pick it up. I mean, it's their ball anyway, right? Regardless of who recovers. Right, right. It was one twenty-three. I looked at my computer clock. So 23 minutes into the game, that was the second time that the Ravens were posing for group photos over on the sideline because of <laughs> after a turnover. Two times in 23 You wrote that minutes. well.
1: You wrote that well. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so just let me say this, big picture. Like, all that being said, you know, almost every take, in in big air quotes, since you guys can't see me, thankfully, um, after week one is, is just that. Because it's one game and you can fairly add the circumstances of this year, and you know the Ravens are way ahead in their whole program of the Browns and the whole deal. And so, you know, I, I, I'm not for drastic change or complete freak out in any way because we know these are long seasons. I, I would say, though, counter myself and throw it back to you. Like, what was alarming before this, which is just negligence, in the back seven. Mm -hmm. I mean, they built their back seven of their defense the way the Indians built their offense, right? Just not (laughs) knowing what you're going to get from the quarterback and just, frankly, being smacked with the realization that you got no chance in hell to win your division. So that doesn't mean that your season's lost and you can still get on this upward track that you need to get on to build some consistency and eventually close that gap. But, man, a lot of reality smacked the Browns in the face yesterday. Yeah.
1: The defensive part – yeah, let's talk defense because the offense is the easy, the easy one, and that's what everybody else will do on the radio shows, and we'll get to that. Um, and I think I said to you a couple weeks ago, and this isn't a pat ourselves in the back situation, I said the only way they can win is if Miles Garrett plays like Lawrence Taylor you know, after a coke binge in 1988. <laughs> they, they, like, and that's, I hate to say it that way, but it's true. I can't see how – and I text this to us in our group. Who the hell are they going to stop, Zach? That defense is like that defense. I'll give you a great, you used it perfectly. That defense has got the same chance as the Indians outfielders right now. Like, like, what are, like, what are they doing? Like, they, they've got four guys up front, and, and um, uh, um, uh, dude starts with the oh, he was balling until they start double teaming. Larry, um, Larry open, open uh, was, was
0: unblockable.
1: There. Yes, uh, open, he was unbelievable. I'm giving, he was unbelievable until the Ravens, like, a good team said, all right, that's enough of that. <laughs> start doubling him. Um, defensively I am worried and guys keep getting banged up like and, and I just don't understand the thought process of how they drafted and how they went about free agency um, I know you can't do anything about some of the injuries that they already had um, you can't do anything about injuries so I'm not blaming that upon them at all in any way shape or form but they got some issues Zach and, and like you know I don't, this week will be interesting Because Cincinnati's got issues as well, but Cincinnati. And here's the question, and we don't got to answer this right now. One through fifty three are the Cincinnati Bengals more talented than the than the Cleveland Browns? I I don't. I would. I would. We could go out and said, hell no. Today I question it because after the first fifteen or sixteen Cleveland Browns players, the next eight or nine, I, I just think the Bengals have more. And I don't know the whole Bengals, you know, depth chart or anything like that. But that defense scares me because I don't see a lot of speed. I don't see a lot of skill. Um, You made the MVP look like Joe Montana yesterday, the way he was fitting the ball in places, and that scares me. Not taking nothing away from Lamar Jackson, but that's scary that he was
0: able to throw like that. Well, he he threw it unbelievably well. I mean, in person, there were a couple throws that I can say just jaw-dropping. But rather than answer or debate your Bengals question – Who's more talented? I would say this. Part of the reason the Browns should win this game, and we could have pointed this out since the schedule came out in April, um, is that you got a rookie quarterback in a road game on a quick turnaround. You're going to get about one half of one real practice this week, right? Right. Right. He's got to come do this. However, however, who has the better pass offense right now?
1: Oh, Joe Burrow looks like he's getting more in sync with his guys than, than our guy is with his guys. From what I saw, neither one of them – he was under pressure. He had to deal with pressure. He had to deal with Bosa and crew. He made a couple of bad decisions. But from what I saw, from, and I didn't see all of the Cincinnati game. I saw most of the Browns game. I hate to say it, but the Bengals. And, look, what you're saying about Thursday night travel and everything else, all true. But let's not get ridiculous now. This is, you know, like, it's Cincinnati. That's a 40-minute flight. Sure. It's not like – you know what I mean? It's not like – Well, I'm just talking
0: it's about – not the 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 actual week of preparation physically mentally right. game plan wise everything that he has to digest I mean he just played an NFL game and played his ass off yesterday far from perfect right and now there's right. no no turn off, no turnaround time and go do this
1: yeah okay. not at all you're right yeah you're right and look he's hell I ain't worried about him he's young full of adrenaline and still in Ohio he, you know like it, it's the rest of his guys that you look at and say. How does his offensive line turn around? I mean, his tackles had to go against two of the best pass rushers in football yesterday. Uh, You know, as beat up as as we're talking about the Browns are, I think the Cincinnati Bengals wake up today, and there's a lot of guys feeling pains and aches in parts they haven't had aches and pains in in a long time, right? And then you're I mean, I wouldn't want to go back-to-back weeks going against Bosa then going against Miles Garrett. (laughs) That's not a a recipe for
0: for healthiness. (laughs) Right. Um, that's for sure. And Now, listen, the Bengals have one of the worst right tackles in the league in Bobby Hart. They have an offensive mm-hmm. line in general that has struggled, and they're trying to put it together. And that's going to be a big part of, of Joe's development. That's another thing in week two. You have to pounce on that. Um, but this Browns defensive line, which is good, needs to be great, needs to be freaking world beaters, Dre, because the back seven of the defense is that bad. Um Browns yes. offensive line, you know, needs needs to gel in a hurry. They've had some some difficult circumstances, but the, the Bengals are really good. Sam Hubbard, Carlos Dunlap, Geno Atkins still, uh, you know, he's an older guy. but <laughs> Still chugging away. Yeah, still <laughs> chugging away. You know, look, I, I am not going to say – obviously the Browns were ill-prepared on every front yesterday, and it, it was embarrassing from start to finish. But I'm really not going to torch Stefanski for the – the running back snaps and the lack – because the game got away, right? So it jumps off the page that Kaderil Hodge played more snaps than either Kareem Hunt or Nick Chubb, and that's unacceptable. That, that's However, problem. However, the circumstances were unacceptable. And, and like I said, part of my alarm is that that second half, that game was way over. It should have been great live practice for the pass offense. Yeah. passed the fifty one yep. one time. One time.
1: And it didn't work. You wrote that perfect. And I was going to go to your article that you wrote about that. Um, and I'm not, look, I don't want to kill Kevin Stefanski. He's done nothing to make me think that he can't coach. And here's the issue that we run into. And damn it. I've said this on this podcast. I've said it on radio. I've texted it. I've said it ad nauseum. It doesn't matter. The judgment of these coaches is unfair and, unri- and not ra- right. But we have no choice, but to, to judge off of what we see. Um, Stefanski in a tough situation and, to me, it's a built excuse, yes, the game got away because of the score. I'm not debating you upon that. But we said a week ago, you and I, if, and I think I gave the number of 30 touches between the two, of the two of the best running backs in football. I think they had 25. I don't even know if it was that. I think it was that. I'm not, I'm not even 100% sure. Irregardless of what happened in the third quarter, and we could talk about the game getting away, their best drives that came when they featured who? They're three best offensive players. When they gave the ball to Chubb, they gave the ball to Hunt, they gave the ball to Landry. They went right down the field. And then in the next drive, after they did that, they went right down the field until they stubbed their toe. That was the only time there was consistency in the offense. So to go off of what you're saying, okay, yeah, the score got away from them. But if you don't know your direction and you don't have a personality and know who your team's personality is – As the coach, it is on you to force the personality of who and what you're going to be into your team's thought process. Now, you know, can you try that with the fake punt? Maybe. But if you're going to try to be cute, be cute with one of your best players. Don't be cute with the Scottish Hammer, who I love. I got nothing against the Scottish Hammer. I think he's a great dude. I've loved meeting him and knowing him. You don't do that because, once again, you always say this, but – what does that come off? What does their identity come off of when you're already doing trickery,
0: ten minutes, twenty minutes into a ball game? Desperation, searching for yes. anything. Got right. no culture.
1: Right, you know, like, and I don't want to say all those things, but that's what it looks like. Yeah, that's, on the Baltimore sideline, you don't, you don't you're not telling me for like for like five seconds Harbaugh didn't chuck one to his headset and go, "We got him."
0: <laughs> he was talking up the Browns so much yesterday, and listen. I know. <laughs> Listen, so the Browns were two and two against the Ravens the last two years, and right. that is huge progress for the Browns because Harbaugh's twenty one and four against them. Twenty one and four.
1: Wow, wow. Kind of like it's almost like what Ohio State is against his brother. <laughs> it's just a, take him to the woods, I mean, they're a great program. They put themselves together. They know their identity. They know who they are. Like it ain't no surprise. They know who they are. The Browns have no idea who they are. Their identity is so far away. So you have to, you, like, you have to punch everybody in the face. And here's the other thing that came off very much like last year's coach. Who will remain nameless for this moment in time? Because you guys know his name. You guys know his name so well. You had his ass trending on Twitter yesterday. Um, once again, they go to the they, – they, it's um, – I don't know what happened at halftime. I wasn't in there. I didn't go in there. I, you know, you didn't go in there. But I know when they came out for the third quarter, Zach, and I can't even tell you the score exactly, but man, it felt like somebody yelled at Freddie Kavansky and I said Freddie first on purpose. And it sounded like somebody said, you better start throwing the ball to 13 or I'm going to pout and cry and shout and I'm going to put my clown shoes back on. That's
0: what it looks like.
1: That dynamic is work.
0: baffling. It's frustrating. It's, it's hurting the Braves. They, they run is. like something split. It, Listen, I, I've said this last year. I, I feel like a broken record. I'm all for that little slip screen to get him the ball because he can take it a long way, right? Um, Right. But then he gets the face mask, and that leads to third and 41. And then he drops the pass, right? And then it did clearly look like you're forcing it to him. He did draw the penalties. Mm -hmm. He was open on a couple. On a couple more, he's not open. So we don't know. You know, Marlon Humphrey's one of the best corners in the league. We know that. We know the Browns' offensive strut. I can tell you that the pass, this is my issue. The pass offense looked like it looked in camp. There was two more weeks of practice after camp was over. The games count. Odell's in his seventh year in the league. Baker's in his third year You're in right. the league. The, the Browns are not supposed to be some 4-12 and operation. It's supposed to look better. It's only one game. You're so, right. as you said, you are what you put on tape. And the Browns, three, four weeks from now, should look much better on tape. But right now they're shitty. And that's why right. it's it seems – that's why you can fairly, I think, look back and say, oh, my God. Yes, it's only one game, but, oh, my God, it looks so much like last year. The quarterback's regressing. Here, here we get, The pass right, game's a mess. Right, here, here, we here, right. here we go again. Right. right.
1: Here we go again. Yes. Now, I, I'm not a slip screen fan. And, and you're right. One out of – here, give me this. What are you numbers guys? I know – what are you guys that think you've got the numbers figured out? Give me the math. Give A to Z the math on how many times a slip screen goes for more than 20 yards. And I guarantee it's under 15%. Outside of the Sun Belt, yes, it is. I will buy buy somebody a case of their favorite beverage. If they give me the numbers, and I'm telling you, off of just watching football and all them college football games my son got recorded for me, I can tell you (laughs) with no doubt in my mind, that slip screen don't work more than 20% of the time for more than 20 yards. Why can't you get a star receiver and I want to have a real conversation right now between you and I, two sensible people with no emotions charged to this. I want to have a real conversation about 13 and six. But you're telling me, okay, the slip screen works. That is – Zach, that's what you and I would run in the backyard because we're fat and out of shape and we don't want to run a real route. You're telling me that a 12-yard that out pattern to the best – one of the top five talented receivers in football and a number one overall pick can't be your number one play? Like, that's a, that's a play that we were, every high school has. Just run a 7-yard out. Run a 10-yard out. You want to get him going. Why do you have to run a fucking slip screen? The entire offense changes as soon as they try to get 13 involved. Now, in saying that, I don't think it's all 13's fault either. I think at some point in time, we mentioned A.J. Green, who hasn't played. He played what? A game last year? Did he play a game last year? No, he got hurt in the first practice
0: last year, yeah.
1: That's right. That's right. That's right. So he didn't even play last year, the year before he got banged up. Joey Burrow, two years ago, was in Columbus trying to figure out if he had a girlfriend, dog, or anybody he liked before he went to Louisiana. And he had more rhythm in the little bit of time I saw of that Bengals game with A.J. Green. Now, I know supposedly those two worked out at different times. They worked out – they seemed to get along better when they weren't teammates. Something isn't clicking or making sense about Odell Beckham Jr. and – and, and six in Mayfield. It, it, like, they, there's something – and, like, and, and, and and I'm not taking sides because that's what everybody else does because there's no side to this. They're both in the same freaking team. Something doesn't match up, Zach. They don't have any timing. He alligator arms shit over the middle. He's a prima donna at times. But they both are prima donnas. They both play with prima donna shit. They both talk like prima donnas. They both don't show leadership. But they got all the commercials. They got all the pretty hair. They got all the pretty facial hair. It's only one game. And they didn't get any exhibition games. I'm not that surprised. I don't like the personality. All of that leads me
0: to our closing thought. And I got to get out of here. We got Browns news happening. I got life news happening. I got to catch up. So um, maybe Friday we'll do another one because there's a Thursday night game. John Dorsey, you know football. You know football players. You came in here, you rubbed people the wrong way, you said we need some real players. People didn't like that, their feelings got hurt. Well, the team was four and fucking 44 in three years, you were right. And as evidenced <laughs> by the, the stat we just gave, John Harbaugh being 21-4 and four to 2-2, two and two, started to change the talent curve. But somewhere along the way, John Dorsey turned into an A-to-Z podcast listener, a regular Twitter oh, user, uh-huh. someone who just one day decided that the Browns were good, the Browns were back, and that was that. Because he got real greedy in a hurry, got real fat and happy with, with one year of the quarterback beating up on terrible teams, and he thought it was time to press the turbo button. He went and got Odell Beckham. Right. It's not really worked out. Went and got Olivier Vernon. Nice player. I don't know. All part of one trade. I don't know. I probably would have done the trade, right? But they were clearing a spot for yeah. Austin Corbett, who, eh, that didn't work. Four John Dorsey draft picks have been cut in the last 10 days by the Browns, including the kicker this mm. morning. You drafted a kicker in the fifth round because you thought you were good. You thought you had arrived. That was negligence. That was malpractice. It was terrible. One fifth-round pick doesn't make or break anything. The Browns thought they were good. They thought they could hire Freddie Kitchens and that he and Baker Mayfield would just cruise this thing on out. Boy, did they think wrong. The Browns are in a bad, bad, bad way. I'm not ruling Barry and Stefanski out. I'm I'm not ruling Baker out. I'm not ruling anything out after one game. I'm saying – the reality is this team might be far, far, far away. And John Dorsey's greed and ego play a huge part in that. Thanks to Scene. Thanks to Honeymoon Grill. Thanks to American Fireworks. Thank you, Andre. We'll talk to you soon.
1: Kenichiwa to my library on the TV after my wife gets rid of all them college football games. <laughs> get him in, baby. Get him in. <laughs>